0: GM, GM, welcome to another episode of Web3 Academy, your trusted source for useful and legitimate Web3 information so you don't fall behind in the internet revolution. I'm Jay Bird. And as always, joined by my co host, Kyle Reedhead. And we believe that Web3 is going to change the world. That's why we're here to guide the world's top talent down the rabbit hole as you contribute and capitalize on the opportunity. What is up, Kai? It's a special episode
1: today. This is a special episode. You're not supposed to say that just yet. We haven't got that far. I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> so in this episode, guys, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Today actually marks the one year anniversary of Web3 Academy, the podcast, the newsletter, which acts as your ongoing guide that uncovers the difference between the fads and the legitimate innovation that's going on in this space And so what we're going to do today is reflect back on this journey over the last year and discuss a few different topics. One, why we started Web3 Academy in the first place and the opportunity that we saw in Web3. Jay and I are business owners in a different world, which we'll talk about, but we saw an opportunity in Web3. We want to talk about that with you guys, but then we want to talk about how this industry has evolved in the last year. Things are changing really, really fast. (laughs) How (laughs) about the last week? (laughs) The last week, literally. So we're going to talk about that. Just to give you guys some context of the space of the last year, we had a definition of Web3. If you ever listened to our first episode, which is terrible, just kidding. We're going to talk about how that definition or idea of Web3 has changed, what our experience has been like building and networking Web3, as well as give some tips and recommendations for anyone else who's looking to do the same. So there's a lot we're going to talk about. Before we do, if you're watching, you may have noticed we're having a little drink today. We usually are drinking coffee or water, but what's that? What are you drinking today, Jay?
0: I got a 2020 vintage bread and butter Chardonnay. Ooh, ooh, nice. Yeah, I've got a bottle of
1: Cuatrocientos Conejos. your Spanish is good, man. I never get to hear it. My favorite bottle of Mezcal, which I obviously, when I lived in Mexico for two years, I drank a lot of, I still do today, a little tougher to get here in Canada, but I'm pouring myself a glass right now. Celebratory drink for making it one year. What's interesting is we actually launched the day that the war started with Russia and Ukraine. Terrible day to launch a business, tell you that. The news was obviously nothing to do with Web3 Academy launching. So it was tough to get any exposure that day. So wouldn't recommend it, but we're still here. We also
0: didn't have any listeners when we launched. So you know, Ukraine, Russia war, no war. There wasn't a lot Marcus of random based on us. Yet. Yeah. These random
1: guys trying to come into this new world of internet money that are gonna try and launch a podcast. No one cared. But over the last year we've managed to bring about 35,000 listens or downloads per month on our podcast. We're over about 7,000 subscribers in the newsletter. We have 200 or so, which are paid on the newsletter. We're always hitting 10K on Twitter. So things are happening. We've been able to interview some of the top people, at least in my opinion, in Web3. We've done a lot in the last year. It's been a crazy year. We have a team of six or seven of us now. We want to talk about how this has all happened and why this has all happened. So it's been a fun ride and we're going to share that today. But first, let's just have a quick cheers, Jay. Cheers. A little, I don't know how we're going to tap. You tap the mic, tap the mic. <laughs> The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they're tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content profile and followers moving along with you lens protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet at web3 academy we believe this is the future of social and that's why we've partnered with lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction visit lens.xyz to learn more today
0: are you building a community around your brand well listen to this at web3 academy our motto is community first profit second why because engaged communities tell you exactly how to improve your product and ultimately drive growth they act as team members recruiting new customers and providing crucial feedback and they become brand superfans, sticking by you through thick and thin but to engage your community you must first understand them. That's where Chasm comes in. Chasm is our go-to Web3 tool for managing and understanding our community members. It combines both on-chain and Web2 metrics all in one user-friendly dashboard. With Chasm, you'll know things like which other communities your members are part of and which of your campaigns are truly driving results. That's why at Web3 Academy, we use Chasm to launch campaigns, optimize growth, engage our community members, and automate workflows with this all-in-one tool. If your community is already on chain, get to know them better with Chasm. Head to chasm.xyz using the link in the description and discover why top brands like Immutable, Nifty Labs, and Collab Land are using Chasm.
1: Okay, so let's get started with, you know, why the heck did we start Web 3 Academy? Obviously, you know, we're bullish on Web3, we're bullish on the space, if we created a company called Web3 Academy. So what Let us here? Jay, I'm gonna let you start, and we can talk a little about maybe our backgrounds, if you'd like. I'm not sure how you wanna go about this, but in your mind, you know, when we first were talking through this idea of launching the space, why were you like, yeah, let's do it? I feel like there's so
0: many ways I could go with this. I'll give a Cole's notes. Kyle and I are business owners on another business together, a digital marketing agency. And Kyle came to me more than probably two years ago, maybe two and a bit actually, like late 2020. And we were actually living together at the time. So maybe it was actually more like mid 2020. We were living together in Toronto and he orders this book, The Bitcoin Standard. And he's deep down the rabbit hole on crypto. I knew the space a little bit because we had talked about it, but that was sort of how the journey started. And fast forward a year later, Kyle's like, we got to get involved in this space. Finance was never my thing. Even though I went to business school, I didn't love finance. So I wasn't so interested. I didn't find the crypto part very approachable, very accessible. And you came and said, we got to do our own newsletter, build our own media company. And Web3 is what we should do. And I was like, okay, let's roll. But in my head, I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> I'm not an expert in this space. And so for me, it comes back to, I guess, the old sort of adage or the old saying, do one thing every day that scares you. Starting a media company scared the shit out of me because I hadn't done it before. Being on a podcast scared the shit out of me. I had no podcast experience. always like public speaking and whatnot. So this was, I think, something that both of us value, do one thing every day that scares you. And we just sort of launched in, And obviously, why do we pick Web3? Every day there's another like mega brain in the space. You know, Mm. so many smart people are coming into the space.
1: Well, and so Jay and I have ran a marketing agency for creators for the last three and some odd years. We started the company together when we were living in Bali. Not together at this point, we just both happened to be in Bali. And so we've tried to stay on top or I guess on the forefront of just the way the internet's going and the way that businesses Mm -hmm. are being built on the internet. And so that was kind of like our initial, you know, jump into this new internet world. And that had been going quite well. And then, you know, as you said, I had gotten into Bitcoin, gotten into crypto since 2019. It was going down that rabbit hole. And I kept going, I need to understand what this Ethereum thing is. I get Bitcoin. I get the money side. Like I had been reading a lot of economics books. I've been interested in finances for a while. And it wasn't until I saw bankless content. And I was like, that's what allowed me to learn about Ethereum and really understand what was going on. And after that rabbit hole, I was like, whoa okay, this is going to change the internet. And that's what really excited me. It wasn't the like, this is going to change the way that we deal with money. It was, this is going to change the way that the internet functions. And that to me, I was like, okay, not only is that cool and a great opportunity to maybe invest in, but it means that as a agency owner, as someone who basically consults clients who run online businesses, this is going to impact their business. And so this is going to disrupt our business. And I was like, I didn't really know a ton about Web3. I was going down the rabbit hole, but I was like, I need to know it. I need to understand it because it's going to impact our clients. And so we basically said, hey, let's just go down the rabbit hole together and let's teach as we do it. But at the same time, I messaged Bankless. I messaged Ryan on Twitter and said, you got the best content in Ethereum right now. I was like, we know how to make creators scale. We know how to scale creator businesses. Let's link up. And so that was our first like entry point into the business side of this as we started working with bank lists and helping them understand how to market and grow their newsletter. And that really was like, okay, this was our first step into the space of working in it, though it was all crypto. And we actually got a bunch of crypto clients at that point who were talking about investing in crypto, but no one was really talking about how this was gonna revolutionize the internet, the web three side of things. And so that's where I think we really said, okay, there's a gap in the market. There's a lot of people talking about the money side that blockchain enables, the financial side, so decentralized finance. But the third thing that blockchain enables, which is the internet revolution, there wasn't a ton of people at the time, anyway, not in 2021 really talking about that because NFTs had just kind of become a thing and everyone was like, what is this? You know, what's Mm -hmm. really going on here?
0: Mm -hmm. Isn't it so funny how it feels sometimes like I'm taking crazy pills, that I'm dedicating so much of my time to something that for some reason the majority of the world knows nothing about like completely clueless i feel like i'm like in the internet before the internet happened (laughs) i'm so sure of it i'm so 100 sure of it you know we got super lucky to be here because i am 100 convinced there will be a billion people with wallets in the space in some capacity in the next 10 years even less than 10 years way less than 10 years Yeah, probably by 2030 i think by 2025 you think, 2025? I think like 2025 yes okay what do you think the number is right now
1: so okay that's the thing crypto users is about four hundred millions. that's like people who use like a centralized exchange not web three yeah. users. so it depends what we're yes. talking about if it's yeah. web3 then
0: i don't know we're actually going to do a pro report on this 30 you, million think maybe. It, i was going to say do you think it's 50 million let's say you conservatively said it's 100 billion i don't think i don't even think i don't think, it's, I don't think like that. it's that but let's say that conservatively it's 100 million and even then i think it's probably more like 50 million And it's probably more like only a million daily active, right? Right. It's so wild to see something like this happening where it is literally impacting every layer of the internet and we spend all of our time on the internet. You are currently listening to this podcast on one form of the internet. Imagine you could have ownership of this podcast. You know, there's so much we could do because of blockchain. It's going to change so much. And I think that's
1: what we recognize. We didn't know how, I think at the time, but we were like, we got to figure it out. And I think the best way to learn something is not just to consume content, but also then to go teach it. And that was why I think we were like, hey, if we're going to learn this, we might as well be teaching it to others at the same time. And then we can also turn that into a business. Why not? It makes complete sense if we think this is the direction that the internet is going to go, which I think we did. For me anyway, I'm super, super, super glad that we've done this. It's been an amazing experience so far. I mean, it's helped my learning and understanding of this so much. To write allows me to like really put my thoughts down, right? And understand the things that I'm consuming to then discuss here on podcast, whether it's with yeah. you or with other experts in the space and other founders. That allows me to like kind of open up my brain into things that I'd never really thought about before. So I think there's a lot that just like deciding to start a business where we're going to teach as we learn is just like so insanely helpful. The next question here, the next sort of like topic we want to discuss is what have we learned about Web3 in the last year? And what I mean by this is like, what did we initially think, which we just sort of explained. And then like, how has that changed over the
0: last, you know, literally year here being in this space? I thought I was here to make money, straight up. That's why I thought I was here. I was like, I'm going to invest in NFTs and I'm going to trade them and they're all going to go up and I'm going to invest. <laughs> $30,000 in a Moonbird, and it's definitely going to go up. It's guaranteed because Kevin Rose is at a like, Google Venture partner. You know, Here I am. Couldn't have been more wrong. I you could Jay entered the space in 2021, right? Not only did I enter at the completely wrong time, I also got caught up in what I think a lot of people get caught up in and why there's such a need for the podcast that we have created is 90% of the content out there is just speculative, buy this to make more money. I think in a way, it helps that I lost a bunch of money, to be honest, look, it hurts and it's not fun. And thankfully I'm pretty sure that just by holding ETH that I'm still relatively safe. Although some of my NFTs, I probably can't even sell. There's zero liquidity in some of the collections I've hit. <laughs> <in. laughs> Maybe what I should do is I should create start a gallery. dating. I should start, yeah, or like once a week, I'll give away one of my NFTs to a listener. And it'll just be like you know and i'll try to sell it probably can't sell it i probably bought it for one it gives you an idea so you so wait your idea is to give
1: away worthless nfts to the well, to, were, listen to our podcast true true
0: good point <laughs> uh, they weren't worthless when i bought them and there's they're not worthless to me <laughs> i
1: don't even know what nfts you hold i'd like to see this one day you need to
0: create a gallery let's like walk i should through it I look should, at all the I things should. that you need. I feel like I came for the money, I stayed for the smart contracts. I stayed for the digital ownership. I don't know. That's (laughs) the nerdiest thing I've
1: ever heard anyone say. (laughs) (laughs) I came for the money, I stayed for the smart contracts. Jesus, I like it. it. That's the base layer, right? No, it's I came for the money, I stayed for the tech. But if you want to take it a little more granular, you can say, that's what I'm going to have a bottle with Tech is so broad.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny.
1: I just want to reiterate on why we got in the space is we said that we started working with Bankless, a bunch of others actually in the crypto space. And we noticed that there was a lot of people talking about how are we going to start using this stuff in business? What of this stuff is actually sustainable? Other than just investing in it, how is this going to change the way that we actually interact with the internet? And that was the thing I wanted to find out. I didn't know at the time, but I was like, no one's talking about that. And so that's why we sort of went the Web3 Academy route, right? Talking Web3 rather than like crypto investing side. So obviously all of that depends on blockchain. So I thought Web3 was just blockchain, right? And I was like, okay, the whole internet's just going to go on the blockchain and that's what Web3 is. And I think one of the things that, I learned over the last year, speaking to many different people, and really it hit the hardest just a couple of weeks ago, speaking with Avery from Vayner3, the way that she described Web3 was basically this combination of emerging technologies. And it was blockchain, metaverse or immersive experiences, and advanced computing, AI and machine learning. And so (laughs) we do talk about metaverse stuff a bit, but typically if it's only blockchain related, but I think Really, the way that the internet is going and what Web3 really embodies is, is more than just blockchain. I think blockchain should be anyway, the, and I hope it's the underlying like technology of Web3 that enables it, right? Because I think that's what allows us to distribute the companies that are being built and the revenues that are being made. And it creates this kind of all these new dynamics, new business models that just aren't possible without blockchain. But I think there's so much more, like what's happening with AI, I think that's all part of Web3. I think Mm -hmm. what's happening with Metaverse, with Roblox and all these things where there's these new experiences, like what we talked about with the NFL, creating this new experience Mm -hmm. to watch the game and the halftime show. show. Yeah, Yeah, through the Metaverse, like this is all part of Web3, which is just basically this new immersive experience online. It's the next iteration of the internet and it's going to consist of so many things. One is tokens and blockchain, but two is just these new metaverse worlds, these new VR and AR experiences. We're not always going to be human to human. It's going to be a lot of robots in here. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a whole new world. And that's really what I think Web3 is and embodies so much more than blockchain. So that to me, I think
0: was the big differentiator
1: of what I've learned over the last year. It's
0: a lot bigger than what I thought it was really. It's wild how it just happens to all be happening at the same time, right? I'm not a historian of tech but there is something unique about having blockchain technology mixed with all the technology required to make the metaverse happen, the hardware, the connectivity, all of that mixed with advanced computing, AI machine learning. And it's a time when disruption is happening way faster. And if you don't keep up, you will fall behind. You and I have that feeling and we're living and breathing this, right? So I can only imagine our listeners. That's really what we're here for is to make sure that you can stay on top of it in whatever way you want to use it, whatever way you want to. We'll jump in and participate. It's been termed the exponential age. So in 2021 and in
1: 2022, I was consulting with Real Vision. And Real Vision, if you guys don't know, is a company which was started by Raul Paul, who's a big wig in the financial world. His big thesis over the next decade is what's called the exponential age. And it's the idea of basically what we're talking about of there's about 10, or I think he says 12 or so technologies that are all sort of like reaching their inflection point all at the same time. And they all benefit each other. It's AI, it's blockchain, vehicles, it's Mm -hmm. machine learning. It's all these different technologies that, as one goes, others start to go as well. So they're all sort of building together. And what he says, this is about to be the fastest adoption and just acceleration of technology that the world has ever seen. And like, hopefully, ideally, the blockchain is at the base layer of that all. Right. And so he calls it the exponential age. But I think it's just a massive, crazy new dynamic of what we're about to see this shift in the internet of just so many things happening all at once. And it's, a bit exciting, but also a little bit, I think, scary. It's nice to be in the know, to be studying the stuff and to be like interviewing and talking to people and this stuff. I don't know, when I talk to some of my friends from like back home who are just not tech people whatsoever, when we get on these subjects, they're just like, Wait, what the hell are you talking? about?" You know, they're like afraid of AI or they're like afraid of this and that. And I'm just like, here's what's really happening in this world right now. And it's a bit crazy. But anyway, let's dive into a little bit
0: about our experience here building in this space, Jay. So wait, wait, before we go there, I gotta come back. You gave a definition on the first episode for okay. last year. Of course, it's a one one year anniversary. I don't remember the definition. I don't know if you remember, but I remember you talked about interoperability and digital ownership as yeah. being sort of the key piece of blockchain. Right.
1: Which you know what, this has actually held true the whole way. So and I've actually been very proud of this has been my pin post on Twitter since we started this company, and actually previously that because I was already tweeting about this stuff a little bit before. This is one of the things that I really got right, which was like, as I started diving to Web3, I was like, okay, the big thing that's happening here is there's two big changes to the internet. One is the ability to have ownership over something that's digital. So to self-custody something, which was never possible before. and is only enabled through blockchain. Previous to this, everything that we have on the internet is owned by a company. It's on their servers. That's just the way the internet was built. So great unlock for Web3. The other thing was interoperability. So it means that instead of me having to create an account and every single website or every single app that I want to interact with, I have one account, which is my wallet, as we call it, Web3, and I just use that to go and move in. And the things that I own are what allow it to be interoperable. I can take those things, those NFTs, those tokens, whatever, and I can go and interact into any app, any website, and they can read the things that I have and that I own, and they can open things, experiences, create things for me, give me discounts, whatever access. And so that was like the thing that I saw early on. And to be honest, that still holds true today. It's still the thing that I think is the biggest unlock of Web3. And I still think the thing that most people don't really get about Web3, actually. They get all psyched up and hyped about NFTs and about these fungible tokens and community and blah, blah, blah. But really at the root of it, that is what Web3 enables. The only thing that I didn't necessarily get from that is, well, actually, the internet is going through this transformation of metaverse and immersive experiences and all that. And the fact that we have this interoperability and digital ownership is what's going to make those experiences so much cooler. Living in the metaverse where there's going to be a bunch of metaverses, if you can't take your stuff with you from one to the other, well, that's yeah. going to actually kind of suck. If you're playing in a game, which is another form of metaverse, and you own things, you win things, you earn things, buy things, and you can't take it to another game or to another experience, like well, that's going to kind of suck. It's a limitation of the internet. And so i think that's again what blockchain really enables for everything And so i think that's why blockchain stays tied to
0: all the things that are going to happen with the internet if that makes sense completely yeah because the thing that always pops up into my head is not just owning things of value the side of sold down tokens verifiable credentials depending upon what tech you want to use but this idea of self-custody not just of things of value, of your right kind of of identity and your data is just mind blowing because that completely changes the way that current businesses operate. If that happens, then Facebook cannot operate. Well, obviously they can still operate. But Bond, you said if. Is it an if or a well? Will? Yeah, yeah. Well, when that happens, it's going <laughs> to happen. happened. <laughs> just keep it check here is inevitable, right? right? Is, is it inevitable or what, what do you think? It's definitely inevitable. The only thing is, it's just a question of speed, right? Like I, right. when, you know, how fast is really the question. But 100%, every time we have a conversation with anybody, whether it's about real estate or it's about sports or it's about ticketing or it's about your data or it's about your identity, it makes more sense on chit. Right, it's actually mind blowing to realize how many
1: industries and how many use cases are going to be involved when it comes yeah. to blockchain. You know what I mean? It's pretty crazy. Okay, so let's talk about experience. Let's go back to this. Let's talk about experience building and networking in Web3. I'll take the lead here this time, Jay, because I got a little nervous last time I asked you to take the lead. So maybe you need another sip of your uh, Chardonnay, like Chardonnay. Chardonnay. That might help you uh, gain some confidence here on the mic. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll the first... Yeah. Perf- <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just- I would say the first thing about when you start to build even invest in Web3, whatever you're doing, when you start to participate in Web3, the most obvious thing as soon as you get in here is this space moves at the speed of light. Mm. It is unbelievable to see like how fast the technology is coming out. If you've been following the NFT marketplace wars, then like you just see the things changing at just week by week. I wrote a report for Pro that's coming out tomorrow when we're recording this. It'll already be out by the time you hear this. I have had to go back in and update this freaking report (laughs) like Four times in the last week because things keep changing. It's starting to annoy me. I just want to get this important. <laughs> it's actually nuts. But anyway, the other thing I think that's really been interesting to me to learn as I start to like understand, not the fads of the space, but like the real things, like the real things that are being built and happening. It's interesting to me to see how much speculation controls this industry. And we've seen it from both Web3 Academy, but also from our agency. So like our marketing agency works with a lot of media platforms in this space, newsletters, podcasts, et cetera. And their numbers and their revenues are impacted so much by the price of these damn tokens. It's unbelievable. And what's funny because the space has not stopped innovating and growing, but what's happened is the macro environment has changed. And so the assets are worth less. And what's hilarious to this is there's all this still excitement. If you're in web three, there's so much innovation, yet so many people stop paying attention to the space just because interest rates went up and the government stopped printing money. Nothing changed on the tech side of things, but everyone was like, "Ah, fuck it. I'm out of here. I don't care anymore. I'm going to go back to whatever I do normally because of something that the Fed has done and nothing to do with this space. So going in this, I did not think it was going to be impacted that much by just the macro and just like by prices. So that was one thing. The other thing that's really stood out to me is because Web3 is still so new, it's so easy to network in this space. It's so easy to speak with people who are Otherwise, very high profile, and you probably should not have the right to speak to, but you do. People aren't trying to compete with each other. They're not trying to like steal market share, except for if you're at NFT Marketplace right now. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever, it's trying to sell Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> what everyone's trying to do is grow the pie together, grow the bigger thing. And so it's like, You can speak to any founder, any CEO, builder, any writer, any whatever, because everyone's just like, yeah, let's network, let's learn, let's grow, let's think, you know, let's toss ideas to each other. And so, there is no better opportunity to be in building in Web three than right this very moment, because you can go in any Discord you want for any protocol and speak to someone from that company. You can DM someone on Twitter, and there's a very high chance that they're going to answer you. Like in Web two, you can't go and just DM Facebook and be like, hey, I want to talk to you guys and see like. What are you thinking, possible yeah, what are you thinking about <laughs> launching next week, Mark? Like, he's going to be like... No. But you can do that of like, hey, Stani, hey, Lens, what yeah. are you guys up to? You absolutely can. We've done it. That's not going to stay. And I think right now we are so lucky. And anyone who's in the space listening to this podcast right now, you're so lucky to be in the space and have these opportunities. So don't waste it. I don't know how much longer it's going to last,
0: but it's not going to last. I love to use a party as an analogy, if you're having a party, let's say you know you're having a house party. We're having a party. You know, or we're having a party right now. It's just the two of us. That's not the analogy I'm looking for. I'm looking for you know you have a house party. You know you want to invite a hundred people. I guess that's a pretty big house party. But let's just say it's a hundred people that you want to invite to your party. Maybe it's at a bar. Jay, used and, to have house parties bigger than. And if it's people. yeah, I used to have house parties a hundred people. That's for sure. I wasn't sure about that. If you know <laughs> you know the thing that you all have in common that there's only maybe two thousand people that have that in common with you then like, you kind of invite everybody because only 100 people will show up, right? But if the whole world has this one thing in common with you, they all want to attend your party, well, then all of a sudden, you actually flip from being inclusive to being exclusive. And right now, Web3 is still a very inclusive space because Kyle said all ships rise with the tide currently. This happens in any new industry right? and any new industry, it goes through that beginning stages when it's only early adopters. And so there is so much more yeses, so much more willingness to participate, to contribute, to collaborate. And that is something that you and I have really felt in a big way, which, yeah, it's not going to be the same in five years. And let me say this, it doesn't mean that you need to be working full time. In Web3 to take advantage of that. Like Kai, you said, you could join a Discord server and just be a community member. You could start creating content, writing a Substack, developing Twitter content, you know, and through that, you will pick up followers and fans because the space is still so small. So don't feel like if you're sitting there at home being like, well, I don't have the time to go full time with here, I got a job. Don't feel like you need to. Just, participate in a meaningful way, contribute, I guess, I would say more than participate, contribute. And you'll be able to rub shoulders with people that five years from now will be leading the space in big ways with big budgets that you now have a personal connection to. And we all know relationships can take you so far. Absolutely. So let's talk about a little bit of additional tips and recommendations. You
1: kind of just hit on them to be completely honest which is just get involved, right? Like if there's one tip, it's if you're listening to the podcast or you're reading our newsletter, that's great. My biggest tip is just learn as much as you possibly can right now, like study everything you can. But I think get involved, go and get a wallet, interact with these things, play around with them. Like you said, create content, do these kind of things because it's gonna help you learn. It's gonna help you potentially gain a following. It's gonna help you network. My biggest advice right now for anyone, whether you're building a business or not, is one is to network right? Just go talk to as many freaking people as you possibly can. There's just no better opportunity right now than that. And then I think the other thing is start investing, put your money where your mouth is. And the only reason I say it's not because like you're going to become a millionaire from this. You're actually probably not, right? Like, look at you, say,
0: okay? I'll just <laughs> say- <laughs> Web3 Academy, the show that will not help you become a millionaire. I think Jay
1: bought the top of ETH. By the top of most NFTs, by the top of Coinbase. <laughs> I admit,
0: I bought... I I was simply I told, the them, don't buy Coinbase, Coinbase when it goes... IPO. I bought the top of the IPO of it, not even a token, token. just the stock. Wait, so are you down on Moonbirds, Jay? Is that down right now? Yeah, now I'm down. Now I'm down. Only in the last month, though, I did a drop below. Yeah, I bought my Moonbird for 80th, and now it's at like 6, seven floor so but i did get into oddity which is probably uh, anyways right you got some okay so anyway the point is this this is the thing i learned when i very first started
1: investing is you're never going to really learn this stuff until you put your money into it once you put your money into eth you will study eth like you've never studied before once you put your money into solana you'll study Solana if you never studied before If you really want to get what's going on in the space buy some nfts buy some eth play around Look, you're probably gonna lose money. So don't invest like a ton of money, but put some in enough that it's gonna make you want to figure this stuff out mm -hmm. because that's gonna give you the best advantage to really like dive all in. So I think network now, invest now. And look, if you already have an idea to build something, do it. The thing to realize is this thing is so small. What did we say? There was a couple like 30 million, maybe 50 million people in this space. You know how small this stuff is? Like, these NFT marketplace wars right now, it's crazy because ultimately they're fighting over like a couple hundred thousand, maybe a million people, not even. In two years from now, three years from now, they're going to be fighting over hundreds of millions of people. They're fighting right now for no reason because this pie is about to grow so much. So like if you have an idea, even if someone else is already doing it, just freaking go launch it because there's tons of room to spare here as this thing grows. That's my big recommendation. We've been saying doers for a long time. Just go do. Do something, you know, because it's going to be worth it in the end. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Otherwise, we're going to get to our last topic of the conversation, Jay.
0: Yeah. The only thing I would add is just make content. Let's say you don't have any money to invest or it's so minor that it doesn't feel meaningful to you, make content, figure out a platform that you love, whether it's a web two platform or a web three platform and just start making content not even for others, just for yourself. Do it for yourself. And the reason you need to publish it is because you will take it more seriously if you publish it. If you just write in your diary every day or you know write in the Notion doc, you need to take that next step of putting it out into the public. It's amazing what the feeling of just putting something out there, it's a really good feeling. And so- Well,
1: you get feedback if you start to publish stuff. You get feedback and you get noticed. That's how you're gonna get a job. That's how you're gonna start networking. Is by creating content that's what i started doing I just started talking about web3 on twitter and just started growing you know well and let's be honest not many people are entrepreneurs
0: right i mean i guess there are more and more people are becoming entrepreneurs because there is more tech and more opportunities to be a solo entrepreneur you don't need to have a you know 20-person team in order to run finance and legal anymore you can do it on your own but in general most people are not entrepreneurs looking for a job And unfortunately, in the last year, most Web3 companies had to lay off as a result of the economic situation. So there's not a lot of Web3 jobs yet. I think what's going to happen to most of our listeners is somebody is going to tap their shoulder in their current job or some opportunity is going to come, you know, your boss can come to you and be like, hey, I think you know about NFTs. And then you're going to get elevated to a position that you never thought you were going to have head of community because all of a sudden community is equal with marketing in your org chart right or you're going to be the head of web3 because your company really wants to invest in blockchain and they need a web3 strategy long term every brand every company is moving in or at least trying to learn web3 right now and if they're not hiring they're going to look internally
1: hey who in here knows about web3 that's the next iteration of the internet we got to stay on top of it markets aren't good so we can't hire so who in here knows it's actually really, really smart. I like that tip. Well done, Jay.
0: You're just so- Sending You have to me because you told me I lacked confidence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I told everyone that you lost a bunch of money on Coinbase, and NFTs. That I'm not shy about that one. That shit's on Yeah, you can see that yourself. <laughs> that shit's on you. <laughs> all right, so- That was a great discussion, Jay. I hope anyone, everyone here can take some value from that. But I think I want to talk about what's next for us. What's next for Web3 Academy? What's next for all of you listeners? You know, those who are part of the community. What's next here? And I think there's a lot. One of the things I would say about being a part of Web3 and the way the internet goes is, you know, in the internet now, we are all consumers, right? We like to consume content. And I think the interesting thing about Web3, you said we're not all entrepreneurs. More of us become entrepreneurs because there's more ways to monetize. It takes out a lot of the middlemen. So there's more ways to make money if you create content you can actually just start making money off of your content on things like lens so i think a lot of us actually become creators slash entrepreneurs start our own businesses in a very non-traditional way that we're used to so there's that part of it we also all become owners when you become a web3 and you use a platform all of a sudden they airdrop you a token and you go okay now you get governance everyone who's used blur over the last you know six months they are now governors of blur they can now vote on how blur goes next so you all of a sudden also become an investor, even if you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. You become an owner, even if you didn't mean to. That's what this whole new economy is. It's teaching everyone to take responsibility for their things that they have and also take ownership of things. You know, of the things you're using, of the things you're
0: investing in. Who cares about governance? I just gotta say it. <laughs> oh. I want to believe what you were saying, but you said it yourself. Earlier we were here today in an internal meeting, you were like,
1: no one fucking cares about governments. Right now, I think that changes. I okay. think things start to change because I think what happens is many of us become investors, right? Even if you didn't really mean to, it's just happening in Web3 because we start to own protocols, just to own things. And so that starts to make you think differently about the applications or the things you're using. And especially if you're creating on them or you're building on them, you want to make sure that those things are going the right way. And so I yes. I think right now, most people don't care about governance in this space because most people are just trying to speculate, and make some money. They're not trying to actually like build. Yeah. And I think that changes over time. So I do think governance picks up. And we started- You know what else? Sure. You know what else I think too?
0: Let's go to the ultimate example of governance, which would be a democratic election, right? Yeah. And yeah. in the most engaged countries in the world, you're still only getting- I mean, maybe Switzerland might get very high. I don't know what their voting percentage is. But like in Canada, U.S., you're getting 50% turnout, maybe, maybe, right? There's always going to be people that don't care about course. But I think one of the reasons why is because it's so far away from you in the sense of you're voting on something that, I mean, maybe in a municipal election, you're actually voting on something that's close to you, but it's still far away, but with, what we think might happen with decentralization, smaller communities will be able to start to form around something that they actually really care about and can make an impact in. And can make an impact in, exactly, can make an impact in, right? So that's when I think the governance thing will flip. Like It's tough to care about blur governance when you're one of millions of people who have tokens, and your token doesn't really have a big vote. It's definitely not millions. How many token wallets do you think they
1: have? I don't know. I haven't looked at this on chain. Probably should actually, but I would bet it's no more than... Well, no. So here's the problem. People gamed it and probably made a bunch of wallets. Like, Yeah, you'd have to... Right. Yeah. But in terms of actual humans, I'm going to say actual it's looking at 100,000 because there's only 50,000 people using Blur a week. We'll see, but I'm going to say 100,000. Anyway, yeah. the point is this. Where I want to take or where we want to take Web3 Academy is in a few different ways. First, we want to continue to be that first touch point for people who are like, what the heck is this Web3 thing? I want to understand it, right? We're going to continue to take complex subjects about technology and about money and about all these things and turn them into something simple for you to understand. We're also going to continue to go, hey, this stuff's trash. Don't pay attention to this. This stuff's legit. Let's focus on this. There's two big things that I want to do outside of that, which is really falls along with our latest product, which is Web3 Academy Pro. And so Web3 Academy Pro is this product where we're now, instead of just talking about fads and trends and like where the space is going, we're actually looking on chain and we're trying to understand when tokens are launched for a company like Blur, how does that impact the business? How does that impact things like governance, like we just talked about? How does that impact the users of its platform, right? For once, finally, we can just go and look at how a business is doing and decide what's working and what's not. We don't have to just wait for their quarterly earnings. So like, we really wanna help people understand the dynamics here that are happening with tokens, right? So whether that's the tokenomics of projects, whether that's who's buying and using certain NFTs and who's using certain protocols, like we wanna start to really uncover that. And I think that's really important for a few reasons. One, it's gonna help you as an owner. We're all gonna become owners in the future. And I want to make sure you have an owner mindset. And to be an owner, you need to think about things like revenues and expenses and users and sustainability, right? You don't want to buy a home that's not going to be here in six months from now, right? A lot of us are homeowners. That would be a really stupid decision. Mm -hmm. Yet, if you're in Web3, how many of us are buying tokens that aren't going to exist in six months from now? Mm -hmm. A fuck ton of us. Jay's got a bunch of illiquid uh, NFTs. He can't <laughs> even fuck. They're not disappearing, but they're going to <laughs> zero. They, must have that. they might as well. So part of that is investing, sure, but it's more about just being an owner of the things that you're using, and so you understand where you should be building, where you should be paying attention to, where are the things you should be buying, and where are the things you should be using and creating on all that kind of stuff. So like being an owner, investor, whatever you want to call that, I think that's a really important aspect of Web three, and I think. That's a big part of what Pro is doing for our current Pro subscribers. So I want to do that. The next thing I think we're really focused on, the whole team is on this thing is, right now, a lot of what Web3 Academy is, is Web2 stuff. Our podcast, our newsletter, it's all Web2 shit, you know, which I hate, but a lot of our content is aimed at newer people. And so we can't just throw all of our content as an NFT and no one will be able to access it. You know what I mean? I think the next big step for Web3 Academy is moving our audience from online to on-chain, right? And so it's showing the benefits of moving on-chain, right? So yeah, there's it's great to listen to content and read content and stuff that's not on-chain, cool. But if things do go on-chain, there's more experiences and more access and more value that can be created as a result of that. And I want to make sure that Web3 Academy is on the forefront of that and showing our listeners, our readers, et cetera, how that's going to change the way that we use the internet and how it's going to change the way that we interact with creators online, which all of us do, right? We all follow a creator. And I think that whole world is going to be completely disrupted through this on-chain world. And so for me, anyway, those are the big things that I want to start to highlight in I guess, teach and express to our existing readers and our
0: existing listeners. Let me ask you a question. When you say move our audience from online to on chain, what's the number one benefit you think from that to two stakeholders? What's the benefit to us as the business and what's the benefit to the users, consumers?
1: And that's such a good question. And what's funny is, so to wrap up everything we just talked about here, I all of a sudden, next week I have a keynote presentation at Web3TO, a new conference in Toronto. I've never done a keynotes in my entire life. I'm What's just, up? One um, year. Look at this guy. Let's go. Let's and, go. and my <laughs> keynote presentation is called The Great Migration from Online to On Chain. And I'm currently putting together my presentation to explain to, I don't know, hundreds of people this exact question. And I have no fucking idea. No, i just <laughs> I am struggling though. It's tough to like really, I understand why it's tough to articulate that in a simple way. I'm trying to break it down and here's why this is better for the average internet user. Here's why this is better for brands, businesses, et cetera. For brands and businesses, so for us, why do we want our listeners in that on-chain? It's so we can understand who you are and what you're interested in, right? And as a result of that, we can create better experiences for you. When we bring someone on-chain, we can then understand who are the people that are engaging with our content. Right now in Web2, is really hard. If you are someone on Twitter and you're engaging with my content specifically on Twitter, and then you're also engaging with Web3 Academy's content on Instagram, we have no way of knowing that. So you're a super user or listener of Web3 Academy, and I don't know that because you have a different identity on Instagram as you do on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. Same with YouTube or our podcast. No idea who you are yet if all of our content goes on chain, now we can start to see like, oh, you're listening to our podcast and these specific types of podcasts, and you're reading this content. It's all about this. We can understand who you are more, where you're interacting with us, and we can create better content for you and more specific content for you. It's really hard to do that in this sort of like non-interoperable world of Web2. Then we can also create better experiences for you as a result of that. We can give you partnerships. So the other thing we can do is we can look of those that collect our podcast NFTs or our article NFTs, what other communities are they interested in? Yeah. Oh, they also all like Lens? Cool, let's give them some access to Lens or some like benefits to Lens. Or are they also like, I don't know, Moonbirds? Okay, let's get them in discount to a Moonbirds conference. Like totally. we can start to give
0: you guys better things. Shout out to Chasm, one of our sponsors that it, will help you allow us to do, do this. <laughs> this is how we are doing this currently. We are able to see our pro NFT holders what else they hold, other communities they're a part of. Because as you said, Kai, if you're a brand or a business, collaboration and partnership is one of the best ways to grow. It's one yeah. of the best.
1: Right, but also a great way for us to provide a good, some value to our listeners, right? If right. I know what you're interested in, I'll go do that. Yeah. And now some people are like, well, this is very scary. You know so much about me. And here's the thing, I know about your wallet. I don't know about you, okay? Mm-hmm. Facebook, the way the web two does it, they know about you. Okay. And they can tie that to you, your name, your email, your bank account, right? To your address. I can't do that with Web3. I can just tie it to your interest, the communities you're in and all that stuff. But I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your bank account, I mean, I guess I know your bank account in terms of your wallet, but you can separate that. I don't know your address. I don't know your name. I don't know any of that stuff, right? I know your yeah. 0x, blah, 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 blah. It's a much better way to do this. So that's the key thing there. And then on the user side, why do you want to go on chain? Well, I mean, why? Like we just said, privacy, right? You get your privacy now. So you still get to give data so that companies can build things for you and create experience for you. But you don't have to give me your name. You don't have to KYC. You don't have to do any of that kind of shit. So that's huge. The next thing, ownership. If I happen to give you something with value, which many companies do, if you've been using Blur, they just gave you a bunch of value. You get to keep that value. And if Blur shuts down, You could have traded that value for something else, right? And so there's this open world, there's this open markets where you get to own all the things, your data, your identity, the access to communities, your tickets to things, your whatever, anything you can think of, you now own it and you don't have to rely on someone else to store that for you. And as a result of that, You can go and use those things in other websites, in other apps, in other worlds, in other communities. And so it gives you freedom to transact, to interact, to do all these different things on the internet that originally you could not do. As a Twitter user, I don't have the freedom to interact on Instagram with my Twitter reputation. I'm Mm -hmm. blocked, okay? And maybe I have a great Twitter reputation. I want to go and use that over on Instagram. I cannot do that. And so you want to be on chain because it just unlocks a whole new world for you and gives you so much more.
0: Yeah, well said. You nailed that. You really stepped up to that question. That was on the spot. That wasn't in the uh, brief. That's not the. That
1: wasn't the show. That was all the mezcal. <laughs> that was all the mezcal talking. Well, my presentation's at noon, 12 o'clock. So I don't know if I'm gonna have to mezcal. It's okay. see <laughs> p.m. somewhere, bro. I guess, so. I guess so. I guess so. I guess the one last thing I think, Jay, you were talking about this today in one of our meetings of. Uh, where we want to take our content, and actually those listening, I'd love to hear if you actually care about this, is we talked earlier about how we talk a lot about blockchain-specific stuff of Web3. There's also the whole idea of AI and metaverse and immersive experiences, and we don't typically go down the rabbit hole of that stuff. Curious if that's something you guys actually like or want to learn about, or if you'd rather us stick to the ownership economies, what I like to call this, the blockchain side of things, in web three. So either hit us up on Twitter or join our discord and and let us know there. We'd love to know if that's like an area that you want to learn about. I guess one last thing, if you want to follow along and really understand how to be an owner, an investor, a builder in this space, if you want to see us bring people online on chain, the best way to do that is to go pro. And so I'm going to shill real quick here, but go pro because that's where you're going to get the deepest darkest stuff that we're doing you really want to understand it that's where jay and i are putting our most effort right now in terms of looking on chain and bringing people on chain our non-pro related stuff so the stuff that's not paywalled, is more for the average person that just wants to kind of understand where the space is going but if you want to get to the nitty-gritty of it and see how businesses are really doing in terms of their revenues and how tokens are actually working and what tokens actually make sense and all that stuff Going pro is the best place for that because that's where we really dive into it all.
0: All right. So after the shill in our regular interviews, we go on a speed round. This also wasn't in in the brief, but I'm going to speed round both of us right now, Kai. Okay? Okay. Let's do this. Great idea. Yeah. Okay. What's an NFT you'll never sell?
1: An NFT that I'll never sell. I think there's two. And I'm surprised more people on our podcast don't say this. My ENS NFT, mm. KyleRita.eth. Yep. E, I'm never yep. going to sell that 100. percent The other one I think is Sky Club. My Sky Club NFT. Oh, yeah. I've really enjoyed, and we've had Jeff on the podcast a lot, and I've really enjoyed what they've been doing. And because I am obsessed with media platforms and Web3, and Jump has really been the leader of doing a native Web3 media platform. It's been really cool yeah. to watch that all unfold. I love the access and the Discord there and stuff, but. Just out of respect for Jeff and that community, I think I'll never sell that. What about you? What's an NFT you'll never sell? I'll sell them all. Somebody (laughs) give me a call right now. You got to get in the green. You can have them all. They're all
0: for sale. I heard it. (laughs) I'll sell my Foxy Moonbird, my Oddity, everything I went Devon. I want out of NFTs. I just want to hold these. I don't want NFTs anymore. Jay needs some liquidity. He's having a baby. (laughs) No kidding man i'm not even gonna go down that rabbit hole holy jeez babies are expensive <laughs> okay what's that to your action to sell. there's gotta be one i like your example of ens or um, no no you can't use my i can't it, use can i use my lens oh lens cool <laughs> lens yeah that's close, okay close. my lens i would never sell my lens definitely not okay. jump is easy jumps not worth anything kyle no offense jeff <laughs> there's nobody no one sells jump it. nfts but that's the shit I like, right? Like this is what oh, okay. I literally
1: harp on every roll up is like, who gives a shit about these speculative NFTs? It's about community. And if you actually have an NFT that like represents a real community, which I think most yeah. do not, then
0: no one will be selling you. Yeah. Right? And that's why I would sell on most of my NFTs because right. to me, they represent investments, not community. Right. You know, right. even Moonbird, which is probably my most active community. It's not the deep community that, Even jump is more of a community feeling. It actually makes the point of free NFTs to start your community is a much better way to start than a paid NFT because then you get people like you, Kyle, not people who are here to trade and here to speculate. Next question, a must-read book. I have two
1: books that are probably my favorite books that I've read multiple, multiple times. One is How to Win Friends and Influence People which is a book that was written in like the early 1900s, like a long, long time ago. And it's actually, I think, the most sold book of all time, I'm pretty sure. I read this book because I had to teach myself sales when I first graduated university because I got a job where I was doing sales. And, and this book taught me how to like the psychology of humans and like how to interact with humans and the like, kind of like what makes us take action, what makes us do things, what makes us want to like listen to people. You know, that helped with sales, but it helped me just with everything in life. If you want to build relationships, if you want to run a business, like you need to understand the kind of things. So that's my favorite book of all time. It's a book that I tell everyone and tell the Raul story. What's the Raul story?
0: <laughs> so, Raul, who is our social media shit poster, we're in a meeting the other day, an internal meeting, and somehow I think Kyle was shilling this book. Kyle clearly is buddies with Dale Carnegie. I mean, I'm sure they go way back. And Kyle's like, you gotta read how to win friends and influence people. And Raul pulls out the book. He's literally on and his, his desk,
1: desk and he's reading it right now. <laughs> Raul's a legend. The other book is, I haven't read this one in a while, but it's called The Slight Edge. And it talks about how you need to just focus on doing the small things. The little things every single day. If you consistently accomplish little tiny things, those are what add up into the big things. Most people, when they see someone with, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, launch Facebook or whoever do all these like amazing things, that doesn't happen in one day. And you can't control what happens over a year, or 10 years, whatever. You can control what you do in this very moment, right now. It's another book, I forget what it's called, but they talk about 1% better every day. If you can do those little things, this one little thing, it's simple, and you just do it every single day, and just get better at those things and complete those little small things, then you will compound and get better and better. And that's when the big things happen over time. The key word
0: there was complete. If you complete things, right, you do. Just get it done. Just do. Even if it's shit, do. The only businesses that don't produce relative shit in the beginning are the ones that go and get VC funding and are, right. you know, backed by some entrepreneur who already started something. You know, but most of us hustlers out there, we're not very good at what we do in the beginning. But it doesn't matter. It don't matter. you. Do.
1: Don't let perfect get in the way of progress. Yeah. And then you're going to ask me the tough-ass billboard question next, and I want to say that could be it. Well, yeah, I'll give you a sec to
0: think about it. No, no. you got to give me your book first. I'm going to give you a book. Calm down. Jeez, getting feisty over there with that mezcal. Okay, Okay, must-read book for me is, I'm not going to go the business tech route, although there's many books that pop to mind on that side. I'm going to go with The Untethered Soul, which is more of a spiritual book and a book that helped me a lot in my spiritual journey. Who are you talking to? Is there somebody in your... Uh... Oh, I was just looking at my bookshelf. I think I have that book. It's a great book. Oh, oh, okay, nice. I yeah. thought <laughs> you looked behind you. I was like, you live alone, man. You're talking, to, <laughs> you're talking to your invisible friend? Yeah, The Untethered Soul, spiritual book, helped me a lot in my journey. I've dealt with depression and addiction, not something I've ever really talked about on the podcast, but not something I'm shy to share. And it was a book that really transform my thoughts of myself my perspective on myself because we all struggle we all have similar suffering a lot of ancient religions and spiritualities they actually talk about a lot of the same stuff because as humans we all are quite similar in the end and yeah this book does a really good job of telling a great story of who we are as humans and the way our mind and our emotions work so Yeah. Highly recommend that book. Okay. Last question. If you had a billboard that 1 billion people were going to see, what would you write on it?
1: So what's funny is how many times have we asked this question? (laughs) I've never thought about what I would put on it, but I think I know what it is already. Over the last many years that I've focused on like mindfulness as a business owner, as just someone who's like really focused on self-development and growing and progressing in life. I've journaled a lot in the last, I don't know, five years at least. One of the times that I journal the most is when I'm really struggling. Could be like, I'm really nervous about my business, about finances, about a relationship, whatever. And I remember I originally would title them in my journal of breakdown and I would date it. So my breakdown, whatever it was, August, blah, 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 whatever. And then I realized that after I wrote my breakdown, like things that I was struggling with, and then I would like I would continue to journal. I go, okay, how can I like get through this? What are the pros of this? What are the cons of this? Like, I'd actually like really focus in and break down everything that was going on. And after I was in journaling, I'd go, wow, it's a breakthrough. And so what I started doing, and I'm actually, I wanna get a tattoo of this, is whenever I'm struggling, if I burn out or like I'm nervous or whatever, I write breakdown and then I put a line through the down and I put through instead. And so I think Mm -hmm. my quote would be, and I don't know how to say this necessarily because I've only ever done it with just the one word of crossing out the down and putting through instead, but it's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. Right, yeah. so it basically just means that anytime you're struggling, use that as ammo to like release the next version of you. Because ultimately, that's what happens when you break down: is you either break down and you friggin' completely break down and you're gone, or you use that to get better. And that's how I've always seen it for the last I don't know how many years. And so I think I want to get that tattoo on my arm at some point. But that's my message.
0: Okay. All I can think of right now, because as you were saying it, I was thinking about what I was going to say. Is I think we both need to get tattoos of what we're saying right now. Oh, shit. And I, I don't even have a tattoo. I hope that I'll your billboard's not like ETH is up only or something. <laughs> <laughs> right on my ass, man. <laughs> I'm already getting this tattoo, so I'm down 100%. Okay, this will be my first tattoo. I would write just this right now, my love. I'll tell you what that means to me. This means your heart. Where I would get this tattooed is on my chest. So just your heart. Always from the heart. If you ever are lost or confused, take a deep breath and just just this, just your heart. Your heart always knows. It will always guide you correctly in any moment. It will always steer you in the right direction. Right now, all we have is now. There is no other moment. There is only now. Unfortunately, our mind is incredible at taking us out of now. It is actually a freaking master of it. Our mind spends most of its time in the past, which is where depression comes from and where sadness comes from and a lot of suffering. Comes from. Or our mind spends a lot of time in the future, which is where worry comes from and anxieties come from. So just this right now, because all we have is now. And my love, because my grandma used to call me my love. Mm-hmm. And when I was struggling, even though my grandma had passed away at this point, I would think about the way my grandma would speak to me. There's sort of two great struggles that I believe that we have, and I stole this from Tony Robbins when I saw him alive. is one is I am enough, and the other is I am loved by others. My grandma telling me, hello, my love, you're doing great, my love, always gave me this feeling of I am enough. In her eyes, I was more than enough, but in my own eyes, I struggle with that. So my love was a reminder to myself to speak to myself the way my grandma would, to treat myself the way my grandma would, rather than be hard on myself, see myself in my grandma's eyes. So just this right now, my love.
1: That's beautiful, Jay. First of all, I love that, but I'm excited that you're gonna get your first tattoo. Well done. I'm glad neither of us said, uh, sign up, go pro. Go, go, for, bro, go eye, eyes on chain eyes on, eyes on chain. Chain. actually that that would be raul's for sure all right well jay you are the one that always wraps up our podcast episode so i'm gonna throw this one on you to wrap up here but this was great i'm really glad we did this and i think before i let you wrap up i think let's do a quick cheers to our one year birthday and really this cheers goes out to all of you listeners especially if you're still here listening to us blabber on. You're the reason we keep doing this. You're the reason we are able to keep doing this. And so we thank you guys for listening and for being a part of the Web3 Academy community and learning and going on this journey with us. It's been so much fun. So cheers to all of you. hope you
0: also had a glass of something. All right, I'm going to wrap up with take a risk. Everybody out there, take a chance, take a risk. This is your- This is not financial advice. I don't mean financially. Did that? I guess I'm always forgetting our space. It sounds financial. No, not financially, but anyway. Just get out there, put yourself out there. And the reason I say that is because I think that's our mentality this year. In the next year, when we come back one year from now, Kyle and I and the web 3 Accounting team, we're gonna take some big risks over the next year because we believe in this space and we believe that we can build something large. And we are so grateful for each one of you and we hope it to do it with you alongside with us. And the only way we get there is we take some risks. And so And yeah, our big risk is getting tattoos, I'm going to grow my hair. Jay's going to cut his hair. I'm not cutting my hair, man.
1: Come on. never cut it. <laughs> all,
0: right, all right, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening
1: to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. And if it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice